Hey guys, it's your girl Black Mamba here with another episode for The Hate Journals. This is a very special episode because we have the lovely and wonderful Adam Carpenter in the studio from Moondog Matinee. Hello, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I really want to get like an applause machine so that when people are in here, I can really like, you know, give them a full, you know, picture. But uh, you are so patient. I will tell you guys that we had some technical difficulties and uh, poor Adam has literally been sitting here just like watching me, just like very patient. And I've been trying to woo him with uh, really fun stories <laughs> while I'm trying to get everything uh, on board. So I really appreciate you being so patient. Yeah. And I, I don't know when this will uh, come out, obviously, but um, this is, I think this week in particular, everything in Nevada is going a little bit slower. So it is getting used to it. <laughs> it is because as we record this, today is the day that we found out that Joe Biden, Joe Biden is going to be our president of the United States of America. That's right. We had champagne. We had champagne. We had some hot dogs, mm -hmm. like a good old American lunch. It was really a great celebration. <laughs> I was really excited. I was telling Adam that when I went to the grocery store to go pick up the supplies to pate, that people were just like dancing in the grocery store. It was wild. It was like the end of the war. It was like Maybe they were just really excited about chips and ice cream. Okay, so they definitely could have been. When I was in the dip aisle, it was popping. Uh, yeah. So I shouldn't assume that it was because of the president, but I'm going to go out on a very small limb and go, it more than likely had a little bit to do with uh, who, our, uh, who our president is. So yeah, I think everyone is just glad in general that it's all over mm -hmm. and we can all just move on with our lives and continue to move forward. I'm so glad that I finally got you into the studio. I know we've been trying to arrange it. Um, for you guys who don't know, if you've never heard of Moondog Matinee, which is wild to me, it's a local band. They are amazing. How long have you guys been together? So we have been, it's been, wow, it's been over 10 years. Uh, Pete and I have been playing for 13, 14 years now. Um, but the band officially, I think about 11 years is, is how long we've been a uh, cohesive unit. That's so wild. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how we're still doing it. It is why. pretty it is pretty wild. But it is really fun. It's really interesting to be able to have a craft, hone it, but be able to hang out with like your friends and do it. A part of the podcast I think is like so much fun because I get to do it with my best friend and her and I get along so well that it is really fun for us to get together and do like a project that we really we really like. Um you guys have been in this band for so long. How did you figure out your tone? How did you figure out the direction that you were going to go into? Did you kind of know early on or? Uh, I mean, we all, well, for the most part, we all kind of shared, we shared a lot of similar tastes in music. Gotcha. Um, and of course, as people have kind of, as we, we've had some different members come in throughout the years, that's obviously shaped the way things go. And as new music comes out, sometimes you hear something and you're like, oh, we want to do things right. like this. But for the most part, I mean, that's kind of how you get together in the beginning. You bond over um, you know, you, you're listening to records or Spotify or whatever it is, and you find other people that have similar interests. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of how we got going. And then the songwriting style just sort of tends to, to mold into that direction. Um, but we've definitely had some, I mean, our, you know, our first record has a lot more like folk influence right. than our last one. Um, this one, the one that we're currently working on has a little more country than, Really? Past. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, kind of the way I think. And, and it's kind of nice because you don't want to play the same music uh, right. all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, as, you know, different people come in and out and you learn different tricks, um, I would certainly say that the music 
you know, will tend to flow uh, in all sorts of different directions. Yeah, it's really interesting when it comes to music because there are a lot of artists that kind of get stuck in this wheelhouse, right? And there's a lot of really great bands that I love a lot, but, you know, we were talking about Train earlier, so I'll throw (laughs) Train out there. You know, and I love Train, I do. I think they're a great band. But at some point, Train, every song really started to sound like the same song and it for me regardless if i like if i fuck with a band i fuck with a band so like i'll buy all your albums no matter what i will listen to it i won't just go and just because i have apple music i will like purchase the album to give you your coins but it stinks when years later they start to realize oh we can just like and you can tell either that's due to their management, mm-hmm. who they're with, and they won't allow them to be creative, which is 90% of the time. Um, so it's interesting when you get to see them tear away and do their own thing. But it just, for me, I you always hate, and I'm sure you do too, you hate to hear a band get too comfortable and they're just playing the same thing. So I think it's really cool that you guys shake it up a lot. What's your biggest musical influence for the most part? Wow. I mean, we all kind of bonded over a love of you know the like zeppelin and pink floyd and the beatles stuff like that so we have a lot of like we love the classic rock and the riffs that sort of thing yeah um and you know i mean anything soul music like old you know the the really good stuff um you know there's a lot of that in there as well um and yeah i think that it's you know one of the of course like i would love to be in a massive band that that people could say, oh, they sold out, or they're, all their records sound the same. Like, if they knew who we were, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, you know what, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll take something can, out. Yeah, yeah but, you're like, we could all sound the same, yeah. I don't give a shit. But uh, I definitely agree. A lot of times what happens, especially in bands who don't necessarily, or any artist who doesn't maybe kind of withstand the test of time is, is around for a you know, brief period, is they'll have a massive hit and think, okay, we have to have another song like this because this right. is what people like. And... I think people, you know, people are smart enough and want to be challenged enough with music that you can get away with it for a little bit. But then at at a certain point, um, you know, people want to hear they want their artists to evolve. And like there are some bands that I love who have a few records that are the exact same thing. And you kind of love them for that period of time. Right. Especially like me growing up, you know, listening to a lot of like pop punk and stuff like that in the 90s. uh, It was really cool when I was 15 now that I'm, you know, in my early 30s, you don't like when I see those same bands still in like the cargo shorts, still talking about how they sing about how they like hate their family. It's like, right. well, your parents, you're also parents now. Like, how can you still, you know, Sir, you have a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I get it. Like you can't have, you know, punk music where they're singing about taxes and stuff like right. that. But um, yeah, it's uh, so I, I mean, I think it I think the bands that obviously the the ones that everyone aspires to the ones that are truly great whether they're old or even like the modern you know radiohead and flaming lips and artists like that who do keep morphing and altering their sound i think they're the ones that have been fortunate enough to been put in a position where they're you know let's say their management or their labels were right. like go ahead you have free you know creative freedom and whose fans also follow that because sometimes you see bands who will who will shake it up and their fans are like uh-uh, we're not listening to this anymore so right which is also so wild to me just mostly because you know at a certain age as you get older you want the music to change right like we all love going to the club but i don't want to hear about little wayne <laughs> talking about hoes when he's 50 like <laughs> yeah. it just makes no sense uh-huh. i'm like sir you are 
you have arthritis. You have osteoarthritis, <laughs> and you're talking about hoes. You can't even get on a hoe. What are we talking about right now? So at some point, you do want to hear their sound evolve with you because to me, when you are someone who is playing music, at least the way that I look at it, when you have a group of people that follow you, that love your music and have been supporting you, you want to follow that artist on their journey and vice versa. You know, you want it to kind of be this like cohesive thing. And you're getting older. My ass is getting older. It's just, I can try and say what I want, but it's still happening. So you want to have music that still touches you the same way it did when you were 18, at 28, at 38. You want mm -hmm. it to kind of go on this journey. Do you ever find it difficult to kind of either get out of that realm and go, okay, we got to shake it up. Like, do you guys all agree on that? Or do you ever disagree as a group and go where someone's like, I don't know, where Pete's like, I don't know, maybe we should kind of stay tried and true to what we've been doing. Is it hard for you guys to kind of shake it up? Uh, I mean, there's definitely, you know, disagreeing. That's part of being in a, it's part of being in a band. Yeah. You know, I have, I have four wives uh, that right. I play music with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so disagreeing is part of it, but that's what also I think, yeah. So there, there, uh, there are a lot of like positives that come from that. So we do, I think, especially now, maybe when we were younger, uh, it did feel like we have to do things a certain way. Right. You know, we tried and we had, um, we certainly had levels of success that were, you know, even though we're not, we were never as big as train, let's say. Right. <laughs> um, we never got to play the cruise you really, ships. You really have got to let this thing with train go. I told you that I, okay, that I followed them. I told you that I liked them. I didn't say it was the only band, okay, Adam? Let's move past it, okay? All right, who doesn't love a good train song, all right? They were a great band. I mean, you know, how many, look, Drops of Jupiter, of course, all-time classic. That's right, that's uh, right. That was a great song, damn it. Yeah, that 50 song. years ago, let's get, let's get over it. Also, that I think you're also showing your uh, where your um, geographic location. Right, right. I think uh, you know being like, because are you Carson City? Is that where you were? Excuse me, don't I, you ever? I apologize. Okay, I am born and raised in Reno, and I have never left. I refuse to move to as so. You're my a little backstory. Adam knows my husband, and that's how we were introduced. But if you don't know this, now you do. I'm like an avid Reno lover. I hate Sparks. I refuse to like go there. If you live in Sparks, you, it, I'm not joking. You could ask our listeners. I'm not going to come see you. Um, I work in medical. The scrub shop that I have to go to is in Sparks in order mm. to get new scrubs. Not doing it. Won't do it. It's too far away. Everything I need is right here, Adam. Um, Carson City, are you out of your mind? Absolutely not. If I won't go to Sparks and it's on McCarran. Why am I going? I, no, no. no is the answer. The, is the short answer. I must okay? have had some bad intel on that. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, either let's, I'll, either way, uh, be, Reno. Um, it, it just makes more sense that you're uh, that you're a train fan. I would say. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I was going to say you. No, no, okay, no. me and my train hearts. I don't know what we're called. What are we called? <clears throat> the trainees. We're called the trainees. Okay, we do not appreciate that. Okay, like I said, they're a solid. Thank band. you. The training wheels. Is the... <laughs> Well, you know, the scene in Reno when I was growing up was very, like, punk rock. Mm. And so I was a huge, like, my mom just didn't understand it. And my mom is black. And so she definitely was into a lot of, like, Aretha Franklin oh, yeah. and Diana Ross. And obviously I love them. But, you know, when you're in high school, I can't be whipping down in my Mazda protege <laughs> with my drop top talking about Diana Ross blaring from the <laughs> from the speakers. So I was a big, you know, a big metalhead when I was young. Okay. Um, and so then as I got older, you know, I realized, oh, there's, like, all these different genres of music. And it was kind of fun specifically because Reno's, 
we we haven't put out a lot of like huge stars. So it was it was it's kind of nice because you can open yourself to any sort of platform of music. And you're from the West Coast as well, right? I'm from Las Vegas. You're from Vegas, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So like in Vegas though, it's different. Vegas is well. Let me let me say this for all the, the listeners as well. Like, there's a reason I live in Reno, and not like I got out of Vegas. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I mean, it's fun to go and visit. Uh, obviously, Vegas gets the the bigger entertainers, but in terms of, um, and, and they've obviously put out some big stars. Yeah, uh, even though most of them, like the Killers, you know, came from Vegas, but right. they really got their break over in the UK. I think it was, um, you know, and they they got some great artists that have come out of Vegas. Uh, you know, but of course they they're big on the glitz and glamour, and I do right. think that the culture, the music culture in Reno, at least on the local level, is way more like organic, and it's way more fun and creative because yeah. it, I think Vegas is sort of you know there's a lot of people that like studio musicians who live in LA their whole lives who are now coming to Vegas right. to play, and it's you know it's it's really breeding that type of people aren't making music just to make music. They're doing it just like how L.A. is. Like, you make a certain type of music right. because you're trying to get famous. Not that I'm not trying to get famous either. Um, but I think going back to where this all started, talking about sort of the creative process and how we write, I think being in Reno has allowed us to have a lot of that freedom of what kind of music do we want to play? What do we want to do? And so we try all sorts of things out. And that's why even on you know, on one record, we'll have songs that are um, maybe more heavy in the blues or on folk or country or psychedelic right? Um, because we like all of that stuff. And so it's, you know, I think we're still this, the, the EP that we're working on now, I think we're doing a really good job of kind of honing all of those in together. Yeah. Because uh, that's the most difficult thing. I think the bands that are any artist that is successful um, in in terms of, you know, let's say making it, it big or just even being able to do it for a living to having right. having people, you know, uh, get excited about when you're playing shows and just know who you are in general when you're touring. To do that, I mean, you have to be, there are so many artists that you have to, you have to be unique. You have to be creative. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, I think a lot of the, that's why any artist that does blow up, any artist that I've heard of, even if they're not artists that I care for, I just respect so much how knowing the journey that they took, how hard it is. And also that even if you don't like their music, like there's thousands of other bands that do that exact same thing worse than they do. Like this was, right. the, you know, <laughs> right. So right. there, right. there are a thousand of other, other trains um, right. or, you know, cargo ship, whatever they're called, uh, whatever those bands are called that do that are trying to make that same music, but aren't as talented. Right. Um, so it does take, I mean, you know, and, and, it's always fun, like being in Reno, where I'm blown away now at just the diversity of, of music and artists that we have here. And so it's really cool to get a lot of ideas that we get come from our friends and other artists that are in Reno. You hear them do something like that's really cool. Like, right. You know, because we're all we are, for the most part, all friends and trying to build up a uh, build up the scene together. You really do. I think you do draw inspiration from the other artists around you. Right. Um, you know, whereas in, let's say, in a city like Las Vegas, uh, I'm, and I'm, there's some amazing, you know, smaller amateur bands there, or I should say local Las Vegas bands there as well, you know, but they're looking at, like, you get the big pop stars coming through, and so everyone, I think, is trying to emulate that. Whereas right. in Reno, 
Uh, we don't have that. We don't have. We that. don't have that. So it's kind of just. You're, it's very open in a lot of ways. I always say there's there's the good and the bad when it comes to being a creative person in Reno, um, and you. I think sometimes it's hard for people to understand, mostly because Reno is a very specific type of place, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're only gonna do a certain amount of typical jobs mm-hmm. here, um, and because you don't see a lot of necessarily creativity. And we, we talked a lot about it our first season on the show, which was to be, to do a podcast, right? A lot of people were just like, what is a podcast? Or, you know, and I'm sure when you guys are like, when you first started, like, we're in a band. No, like, we're we're a really good band. And they're like, oh, so just like on the weekends, you get with your little friends and you bang around on some drums <laughs> and you just have, and you're like, no, no, like, this is a passion and something that we love and we want. And it's nice in Reno because if you are a person who's creative and you are very passionate about it and you really work hard and be very diligent, right? That's the that's the key. Then you really can be quite successful and you don't need to necessarily be on a Las Vegas level on or an LA level in order to get your music heard. And I will say Reno is very great about following an artist or a group that they love. And I know you guys have a really you guys have a really great following. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that we've stayed in Reno uh, because, yeah, people here are great. Everyone, I mean, it's, it is cool to be, you know, I've, I've been out before and people have mentioned, you know, oh, we were at your show. People I've never met, like, oh, are right. you in this band? You know, we were at the show. Um, uh, so it's it's really cool to see that and to have that sort of culture emerging where and where people get excited about the local talent that we have here because there is right. so much of it. And at some point, I remember you guys were playing all the time. Like, especially in the summertime, you guys were just obviously pre-COVID. You guys were playing all the time. And you have a regular nine-to-five job. You guys all have, I would assume, regular nine-to-five jobs. So do you find it very difficult to play a balance? Because it has to be difficult to have a regular nine-to-five, also have this band, so you're practicing, you guys are having to promote, you guys are having to get deals, secure deals to be able to go play. Um and then if any of you are in a relationship, also trying to keep that going, I would assume that must be very difficult to do. Yeah, uh, it's certainly, you know, and, and the hardest thing I think what, what a lot of people don't realize about any anyone in like art, entertainment, anyone who um, performs, who has to travel. Uh, I know you've mentioned, you know, traveling with the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also have nine to five. Um, you know, when we were, because we, for a while we were touring uh, quite a bit as well. So we'd be, you know, we'd have a couple gigs here in the summer and then you'd go out for a week or two, come back, play another show, go out for a week or two. And yeah, doing that while not only working, you know, when you do come back, um, working to try to save up money again, just so you can eat gas station burritos for two weeks. And, <laughs> right, uh, right. Because <laughs> um, you never know if you're going to make money the on the road. The high life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's glorious. Uh, but doing that and also finding jobs that allow you to do that right you know and there we were fortunate here uh, i was always fortunate at least to kind of find that balance but i mean i know plenty of other people who just you know sometimes and you get so excited about the tours um back when you think you know you think they're going to be fun and glamour before you realize oh it's literally just sleeping on a floor eating gas station burritos for two weeks so you can 
do your craft that you love so much exactly. for two hours and then again back on the floor yeah every single burrito. night right <laughs> um you know but we've known plenty of, of people where it's you just you quit your job and you go for two weeks and you know and you come back it's like find another job and um so i mean there's a lot of yeah it's it's not easy to find that balance and even even though we're not touring as much now even let's say just for the the creative process i mean anyone who works a nine to five knows like Last thing, when you get home, you want to have a beer and you want to sit on the couch, right. watch the game or watch a movie. Like it's hard to be, it's hard to go from that work environment into a creative environment. And when there's, you know, the more people that you include in that. So there's five of us, sometimes more, depending on if we have people playing with us, what, you know, what we're doing. So to do that, yeah, to go all day and you get stressed out at work and, you know, sometimes you're especially now, um, a lot of times we're maybe at work practice or we're recording after after work and we're still checking emails and things like that. Right. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't end. Um, so yeah, it's, it is a, but because, you know, because you love doing it, it, it makes it, certainly makes it worthwhile. Um, but it's not, people don't, you know, even from our, a lot of friends that we have or, or people that you talk to, a lot of people don't realize just how much, so again, for anyone to get to that next level, I just have tremendous respect for it because they, I mean... It's a the, grind. Yeah, the things it's that people go through. And most, you know, we've, I totally understand, most, like, I don't know many other bands that have been around even 10 years. Right. Um, even a lot of, you look at a lot of, like, crazy successful artists, a lot of them, I mean, people really, you know, the, the Beatles and Zeppelin, you know, their careers didn't, from the time that they kind of became successful, you know, barely span 10 years right. um and so to do that and not be you know not really be making money um and we've we've had again we've been fortunate that we've had we've had plenty of success on you know a, a, like more than than i would have expected in a lot of different ways we've gotten to do some really cool things so it's been just an unbelievable journey but knowing that yeah the artists that you see out there other than maybe a select few who just get that lucky break right off the bat. Right off the bat, you know? right, yeah. I mean, so many of them, I'm sure you have plenty of examples. You find an artist, like a brand new artist, you think, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then you come to find out, oh, these guys are all like, they're 40 years old and they've been doing this for 20 years already. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to, to it's, it's hard not to get, but I guess I actually should take that back because regardless of how someone finds whatever they would consider success, right? Because I feel like also when you're a creative person, it really is up to the person who is doing the creativeness, whatever their success, whatever that success means to them. And I think it's difficult too, because if you do work a nine to five, I don't think people get, when it comes to being creative, there's no time. It's not like I come home and turn a switch on. I mean, I could be in the studio for hours trying to do whatever, but truly something could hit at like 10 at night mm -hmm. and I'm working on it until two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thankful that my husband is very supportive and he gets it and he's not like, he doesn't bust my balls about it. It's just like, hey, I haven't seen you in like a week. What is happening? You've been locked in your studio <laughs> just working on this <laughs> podcast. He gets that being a creative person, there's no necessary recipe your brain sometimes click on. It's like, oh, I've got this new mm -hmm. idea. And I'm sure for you guys, it's got to mm -hmm. be that way. Especially if you, boom, it comes in your brain. You've got this new idea for a song or you've got this new idea and it just, boom, that's it. Mm -hmm. It just hits. So it's, 
there is no kind of recipe that necessarily you stick to. Oh, yeah. You know, so it can, I'm, I would imagine it would be very difficult. I mean, at least for me, it's just the two of us, and that's all I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. But for you guys, it's five, and that's tough because do any of you have children? Obviously, I know you don't, but do any of the other guys have children? Uh, they're... Um... Hopefully, without giving too much away, there might be some on the way. There might be oh, okay, some little, okay, little okay. Moon no, no, no. So you don't have to say anything. Little moonies, little moonies. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's also difficult. Mm-hmm. I know when AP had her second son, mm-hmm. it was very difficult, and we did talk for a while, like how that would change the dynamic in a good way yeah. and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's things that you just have to adjust to and just figure it out. But it's interesting when you are in a when you're in a group and you guys have to figure it out, there is mm-hmm. no supervisor, there is no yeah. boss, there is nobody yeah. who's going to figure this out. You guys kind of got to figure this out on your own. Uh-huh. So it's really cool that you guys have been doing this for this long. Now, I know, obviously, the two of you have been friends for a lot of years. And I think you said that you went to college together. You were introduced in mm-hmm. college. Yeah. Any of the other members, Did you, have you guys known each other for years? Uh, I mean, now, I guess, like, none of us had really known each other before we sort of met and played. So even though three of us are, four of us now are from Las Vegas, none of us knew each other uh, from Las Vegas. We all met up here um, just through, through friends, through other shows. Um, You know, sometimes it would be, you'd be playing music and someone comes along and they, uh, someone says, oh, my friend so-and-so is going to play, you know, going to join us today. And you kind of jam and you're like, oh, this guy's really good. Like, right. let's join the band or let's start another project or whatever. Um, so, I mean, now we've all known each other for quite some time, but none of us had, none of us knew each other before, you know, we didn't grow up together. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Gotcha. So we were, you know, just kind of by the fate of things, we, you know, you, and because Reno is especially the, the music scene while growing still very small. Um, so everyone is at everyone else's shows and everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of aware of what everyone, what every other artist is doing. So a lot of times we were just introduced, we'd have gatherings, you'd be at a barbecue and it's just, uh, you know, all the bands in town are right. kind of there hanging out and you get talking and find out, oh, we love the same type of music and, oh, we're working on a record and we need someone to help with this. And then so, it, you know, so there's a real, um, I think art, in fact, the current lineup of Moondog was sort of built sort of built that way of you play with one person you're like oh i have a friend who plays guitar like i knew pete yeah. and i had been playing i said oh my friend steve is a great musician um so we brought him in even though as i was telling you earlier we had another guitar player so we brought him in on keys <laughs> which uh, was so funny yeah and he you know he knew some chords um <laughs> it he, was funny to me that you said it so casually too you were like yeah he didn't play the keys but like you know and I was like, no, wait, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do not play the keyboard. And I can tell you as I sit here now, I do not play the keyboard. <laughs> so how did that work out? <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, it was funny because he the first few shows that he played with us, he was on keys doing, you know, maybe just playing some chords or whatever he was doing. Uh, and Pete was singing and playing guitar. And, um, of course, subversively the whole time I knew, oh, well, Steve's a really good guitar player. So I told him, like, don't worry, don't worry, I'll get you, I'll get you in. We'll, we'll play guitar. Just keep hitting that yeah. one key, bro. Keep hitting that one key. Exactly. That one key. Yeah. And Be then, uh, and then he was actually sort of temporarily kicked out before ever playing guitar. Um, <laughs> but then eventually, you know, Pete, uh, the more because a, a lot of times too, you know, you're you're learning who everyone is, and when people introduce you to someone else, you're like, I don't know this. Good. Fine, he can come in and play keys, but no, I I play guitar. Right. And uh, right. and then over time. You know, I think people realize, oh, he's actually really good at this. Like, all right, you can, you do more of this. And 
Pete got really good at keyboards, so now he had a lot of shows. <laughs> right. Because, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is what you have available. So, like, Pete has a, you know, a piano at home, and, you know, he'll, sometimes he'll, uh, he's, it's really funny, because he'll, I'll come over, you know, I'll have dinner with him uh, every so often, we'll write, and I'll be like, oh, you got to check out this thing that I wrote, and I'll play this beautiful melody on piano, um, and I'm like, what key it is, you know, is it in, and I don't know, it's this one, uh, you know. <laughs> He's all, I have no idea. Yeah, like, we don't have the yeah. same musical background as a lot of other, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the same way, too. I'll, I'll write a riff, so I'm like, oh, that's cool, what what key is it? Like, I don't know, it starts on G, just right. we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, and that's, you know, and I think not not having a lot of that musical background, I mean, I, I took lessons, but I didn't really study it in school or anything, that also allows us more freedom because you're not worried about like, oh, this is what, you know, the teachers say you should do this, this, and this. It's right. just kind of whatever comes to your mind. Yeah, well, and you're not stuck in this, everyone's stuck in their own little box. So it's not like, well, you play the guitar and you play the bass and you play. Because I always think it's really cool, especially live shows, when you go and you watch a band and, you know, a lot of times, obviously, you listen to music and you take it all in. And for me, music is very emotional. I look at it as very emotional. If I'm in a good mood, if I'm in a bad mood, if I'm happy, whatever the situation is, like a lot of people, you reach out to music. And... It's one thing to hear the music, digest it. It's another thing to watch somebody play it live. And for me, it's always fun when I get to see someone, I'm like, oh, shit, I just thought he played the guitar. Like, oh, he's also the drummer? What's (laughs) happening? Why is he blowing my mind right now? Like, when did he just randomly jump onto the drums? So I always think it's really cool when you see a band that is diverse and you guys do have a very unique sound that I love. And I love that, like, bluesy, it's just a great sound. So I really can't wait to listen to your guys' new album because for me... Being a woman of color, obviously there are a lot of people of color here. Wait for it. Okay, everyone over the shock. Um, and so for me, it was easy to be able to then open up and listen to all sorts of mm-hmm. genres of music and not go, well, I only listen to this. It's like, no, I could listen to country. I can listen to pop. I can listen to rap. I can listen to whatever it is. And that made it so much easier for me to be open versus I'm sure if I lived in a different city, a larger city with more diversity, I'm sure that would have crafted and I would have felt very different about my music. So I'm really glad that I'm, I have that. Did your parents, are they also musical? Um, so in terms of like musical talent, absolutely not. They have cool, none. cool, yeah. cool, cool. Okay. So no one's hitting a beat. No one's no, drumming a drum. Nothing. Okay. Um, I was the first one in my, uh, my dad had a story. He, his parents wanted him to be musical. I think it was the trombone yeah. that made him play. And his, his parents owned a little shop. I think it was in New York where he's from. Um, and I guess one day he, he really didn't want to, he was always more of an, an athlete. So he like went outside their store and just blasted the trombone. Finally, his dad (laughs) ran. I was like, okay, you're not playing. You're done. Right. Yeah. Like that was an awful decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, they're not musical, but they did introduce me. So when we used to go on road trips, when I was a kid, we would drive from Vegas to, I had some family in California. So we'd drive there, we'd go to the beach. And on the drive, I remember, you know, my dad would always play. He loved old soul music. And that's yeah. when I got into, like, The Stones and, you know, Otis Redding and The Temptations, all sorts Redding, of, yeah, 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 all of that stuff. Um, 
things that at the time I didn't like I was in the, you know, the crappy pop music that I grew up with. Right. So I didn't appreciate it that much. It wasn't until I got older, especially when I started playing music. And I was like, oh, this is really cool mm -hmm. music. Um, and my mom was, uh, you know, my mom was also into me. So my mom was it's funny. My parents are, are pretty diverse um, in terms of like their background. And I remember uh, one of the things I learned about my mom um, you know, kind of one of those conversations where you ask questions like, oh, I just like a light bulb goes off. Yeah. Because um, I knew, you know, my mom went to, she went to Berkeley in the seventies and I'd heard some stories about, about all that. But I remember like, you know, one day a, uh, we'd listen to whatever radio station, a classic rock station back in Vegas. I think I'm in high school and some, I don't know, remember, remember what the first song was, but you know, it comes on. I was like, oh mom, do you ever see these guys? You know, when you were growing up, she's like, no, I never cared about that. And then, like, a Black Sabbath song came on. It's like, oh, Mom, do you ever see Black Sabbath? And there's kind of that chuckle, like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, like, my mom, like, right. I, I just learned a lot about who my... My mom was super cool. Yeah, my mom was super cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure she is still very cool. She's, but she's you know what I mean? Cool, yeah. Because yeah, it's so weird when you look at your parents in a very singular way. You're just like, these are my parents. And then when yeah. you realize, oh, yeah, just kidding. They also had, like, a separate life before me, during me, and after me. Yeah. And it's so diverse and complicated. And I'm sure there's, like, all really fun stuff that your parents tell you. I know there's been stuff that my parents have said, and I'm just like okay what now when what did you do yeah that's wild that, i've yeah. never heard that story before <laughs> you've never told me mind is blown are your parents very supportive i i need some i like to ask my guests because um i like to know what a supportive parent looks like <laughs> um so are your parents very supportive of your guys's band oh yeah my parents have yeah. been great they um so they live in oregon now and whenever we go through you know, they'll host us, uh, they'll, um, we'll, we've crashed at their, their house a bunch. We play, they live in Bend, Oregon. So it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. central Oregon, uh, yeah. usually on the way up to the Northwest. We'll, but they, Bend is cool. They have a cool little music community. Bend is really cool. It's an awesome yeah, place. Yeah, it's very cool. It's cold, uh, but it's, um, it's an awesome little place. And so we've, the scene there, like my parents have introduced us to some of their friends who are involved in the music scene up there. So we've gotten some We've, I'll share some stories. We've gotten some, like, really cool, very odd, um, um, like, music opportunities through there, like, shows that we've played that have been unbelievable, um, p artists we've played with up there that have just been amazing. And so, and every time we play, you know, my parents would go to the shows, even though, you know, my dad, of course, like, when are you guys going to start? I have to tell him 8.30, <laughs> even though I know it's going to be 11. Right. Uh, <laughs> He's got to take a nap. Yeah, exactly. He's gotta, you got to feed him. Like, it's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's, you know, if they drink too much beforehand, it's a whole other, yeah. whole other thing. <laughs> um, but no, my parents have been great. They uh, they come to Reno all the time when we have shows. That's um, super cool. Yeah, they have they have been very supportive. Um, and I, even though there was, I think... Even through my 20s, you know, my, my dad would always say, like, oh, that's, yeah, being in a band is great, but what are you going to do for a career? And, and of course, I was so single-track-minded, you know, I was like, I, this is what I'm doing for a Hello, career. you're yeah. looking at it. Yeah. And, of yeah. course, you know, I get to a certain age where I'm like, okay, it would be nice to, like, afford some things and have, <laughs> like, not just have eat. a mattress on the floor, eat food. Right. Yeah, <laughs> eat, eat uh, you know, burritos from... Burrito places, not just gas stations. Right, right. Condiments, you know, mm -hmm. ketchup, mustard, those sorts of the lap of luxury. In yeah, exactly. Other words. Yeah. I always wonder, too, when I see bands, because I know I am a very emotional person, and I definitely like to talk to people, and I like to get to know people's story, truly. And I always wonder, being in a band, do you ever meet someone, a woman, 
and really like if you guys are on tour and I don't know, maybe if you're touring for a couple of nights and you're staying in one place, have you ever met someone and you like really vibe them and then you're gone? Like, what do you do? Is it just like, I'll see ya or I mean, like what happens? Yeah, that's I mean, that's basically it. Um, you kind of just know <laughs> that. And and I will say, uh, you know, we've we're, we're all uh, well, respectful gentlemen, um, you know, that we don't have the. Uh, we, I definitely, there are some other bands that probably have wilder stories um, in yeah. terms of, you know, the everyone wants to know about like the, the groupies or whatever you want to call them. Um, normally, it's just you go out and you just know that like, yeah, you're, you know, usually it's, uh, so we used to tour when we first started, we actually toured in a school bus. We had a 40 foot long oh my God. school bus. This is uh, my dream. You don't know this. It's a little, just a, another little tidbit. Uh, my dream is to convert a school bus into a trailer. Ooh. Well, that's basically, we bought this bus from someone who, we bought it in Sacramento. It came from like an <laughs> auction in Minnesota. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was by, uh, the guy who owned it used to work for MTV. I don't remember exactly what he did, but he would travel all over. Yeah. And he, at some point, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of staying in hotels. I'm going to start buying like RVs and fixing them up. Yeah. And so he bought this school bus at an auction and had converted it basically into into like a little RV. Like it had a, a shower and a bathroom. We got oh, rid like of that. it was completely like converted. Yeah, I mean, we got rid of that part because we're like, no one's like, <laughs> no one's going to the bathroom on the bus, you know, that sort of thing, which <laughs> caused a lot of issues uh, when you are on tour and you're like, I just had a gas station burrito. Right. We're not hitting the next destination for six <laughs> hours. What am I going to do? Or it's the middle of the night. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah, caused, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it was, but it had it had bunk beds, so it was it was really cool. So all the seats were taken out, and it was so cool. Uh huh. It had it had benches, which also like pulled up, and you could store like booze or whatever else you were storing in there. Yeah. Um, we had bunk beds. We had a, a whole storage space for all of our gear. Um, I mean, and it was like, it was the biggest pain in the ass ever to drive around this big ass school bus. But it was so. I mean, it was the best. You know, like the best adventures of my life. Um, Did you guys get rid of it? Yeah, uh, several because well, it you know after it breaks down, and I have some great stories of it uh, of the times that it broke down in like sub freezing weather, and you're in the middle of the road like this is bullshit. We're not like it's <laughs> you're like I'm done doing this. Yeah, yeah. like we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know it's not like a, it's not like a normal car where something breaks down and you can just fix it. You know? Right, you're like I'm gonna zip on over to AutoZone. Yeah, yeah, that's I would yeah. assume not the case. No, hey, do you guys have any bus tires here? No, <laughs> uh. We we did fix the alternator on our, on our own once, um, but uh, I mean all sorts of like yeah I actually didn't think that think about that yeah it would be I would assume that would be a big pain in the ass we in fact one of the times we were in bend um, it mostly it was user error when it broke down as in like so our we never had a working gas gauge oh fun 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 yeah which okay. not that important when I you're like on road that. trips yeah. yeah yeah so it just always showed up as empty and so we had to like figure out okay it holds. The gallons, you know, the, the tank holds this many gallons, and we get roughly this much, you know, this many miles to the gallon. Um, none of us are math majors, so... I was going to say, who's doing the long... Who's carrying the one on this one? Usually what happens is, like, <laughs> you drive for, like, four hours, and someone's like, did we did figure we out how much... Gas? No, we none of us remembered. So we were playing the show in Bend, and it happened to be, like, during... it. We also only ever seemed to tour in the Northwest in, like, the middle of winter. Like, right. we just weren't... Anyone who tells you that people in bands are crazy smart, you know, I mean, I know that's like the normal, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Adage, no, that's, yeah. that's the one thing I Pe think I see guys in a band and I'm like, brilliant. Yeah, people join bands because yeah. they're smart. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, oh, it's, it's snowing. You guys, this is the perfect time to get this bus on the road. Yeah, if yeah, you go to you see people in med school. They're only there because they're not smart enough to be in. Right, bands. right, right. Obviously, yeah, they can't carry a tune. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we uh, it, there happened to be this crazy like snow. It was a snowstorm um, and like a uh, record low temperatures for you know the past fifty years or whatever, and we're we pull into Ben. And my parents had, like, this nice meal waiting for us. We had a show that night. So we were going to go in, go to my parents' house, eat, you know, kind of relax for a couple hours and play the show. Um, We get, as we pull in, we're like, we should get gas just so we have it uh, beforehand, especially because when you run out of gas in a diesel bus, it's not, it's also not like a car where you can just fill up the tank and turn the key on and it goes. You have to, like, pump into the fuel injection system. Yes, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Look at you. Look who became a mechanic out of this. Yeah, we well, I usually was the one sitting, drinking the hot cocoa going, why aren't you guys fixing this yet? Um, uh, But we were like, okay, there's a gas station. We're pulling into town and there's a gas station across the street. And we're like, cool. We just, we'll go, we'll get gas first and we'll go to my parents' house. And, of course, you know, uh, like as we're, we must have been whoever was doing the math that day was like an eighth of a mile to sh- you know just off and so we're in the turn lane waiting to cross the street and we run out of gas oh god in like sub-zero which is like my nightmare by the way yeah like this is a nightmare it's me. not fun and to yeah. the point and oh we also i should clarify we also didn't have heat on the bus um, <laughs> no i of course assumed. not yeah no, you should no i assumed. yeah no i didn't even ask i assumed <laughs> yeah so we're you know we're just layered up in like in coats and and of course we also we're all in like our um you know, I'm wearing like leather boots, like Italian boots or whatever, because, you know, we're real winter. Uh, right. We winter. Well, what else do you wear? What else do you wear in winter but leather boots? Yeah, exactly. Leather Italian boots, duh. Yeah, well, Pete, Pete wouldn't let me go anywhere in public for a while without wearing. There's a whole other thing. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. He's a, he's a fantastic. No, but he's, he's got a flair. He's, you look at Pete, you see a flair. So it's not like he's just popping in with like his Converse and a skinny pair of skinny jeans. Yeah. 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 You know, he's, he's, hey, as the front man, you kind of have to, you yeah, always, have, always have to be on. That's right. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're basically about to freeze to death. And <laughs> so we have, so we, I called my parents. And I was like, oh, funny story. Like, we're going to be a little late for dinner. And so I have my, my dad comes by, you know, we're pretty close to the house. And for the next, I don't know, like four hours, my dad and one of the guys in the band are driving over to the gas station with a big, what are, like those portable gas yeah. tanks you can fill up. Yeah. Just because you have to get a certain amount. In, in there in before. There. So they're driving back and forth to the gas station so that we can get enough gas while the rest of us are taking turns, like, manually pumping the gas through the fuel injection system. And again, it is, like, we're taking turns because we're, you're, I mean, it's our freezing. hands are freezing. So, like, yeah. we'd be in gloves, you know, or, like, whoever, let's say, would be in the car with my dad would be, have their hands, you know, on the heater, knowing that, like, all right, it's going to be my turn next to go, you know, pump the gas or whatever. Um so, I mean, it's like you have to love music. Oh, you you have to love music. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you so after this that, isn't like a like like you weren't pumping the gas, being like, what decisions have I made in my life? Yeah, it's like <laughs> why did I drop out of med school to play? Right, music? You know, yeah, <laughs> right, um, right. So after that happens, like three or four times, they're like, maybe we should get rid of the bus. <laughs> maybe we should get. We got a van. S- yes, a yeah. van probably was a better idea. Probably was way less fun though. I mean, there's nothing. Um, and oh, and the bus, like, so of course, the very first tour that we went on, 
Also, we went all the way up to Seattle. Also, the middle of November. It was around Thanksgiving. And we're, like, driving over the Cascades in a snowstorm. None of us had... No, none of us were... So, I should back up. The uh, The reason we got the, the bus, the reason we were able to, was that it was registered in California by the previous owner as an RV because of a loophole that when he... When he an RV can only weigh up to a certain amount. When right. you take all the seats out of the bus, it weighs exactly that. So basically, <laughs> he got it like, you know, he would he, he uh, ripped all the seats out, weighed it, got it registered as an RV, and then decked it out with all the stuff in there. Um, so we didn't have to have a special license to drive it, which is oh. the most stupid thing Right. Ever. So this just sounds dangerous off-rip. I mean, off, yeah. you guys are trying to do long division. <laughs> um, you are manually pumping gas, which I'm going to go ahead and assume that this was not the first time nor the last time that you'd run out of gas. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. So the math didn't get better is what you're basically <laughs> telling me. No. And then that also makes me assume that... I'm going to go on a real big limb here and assume that none of you were long-haul drivers previously? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Okay, um, okay. Okay, so um, then I hear, like, the cascades, mm-hmm. and my concern grows. Yeah, during during a snowstorm, because it's right. middle of November, um, it's night, it's like the middle of the night. Right, that's best touring time. Yeah, well, because yeah. obviously, so the whole tour, like, my our original plan was we were going to leave... <laughs> This is our very first tour, right? This is right. how you, this this is what started off our touring career with our bus. Very first tour, our plan was to leave like early afternoon. So like we all got off work, we got on the bus, we're ready to go. We get about a block away, and the bus breaks down because <laughs> the the I think it was like the coolant system something. There was like a leak in one of the lines, and it actually ran through like on the um, on the part of the, like the inside of the bus, so you could see it. You know, it's like, what what's that smell? And then, like, he's just... We're literally on Plum Lane. We're a block away from the house that we left. And we had a show the next night. So we were going to go... We were staying the first night. We were staying in Bend. Yeah. And we were playing a show there the following night. Um, and so we... Uh, so that was how things got started. Once we fixed that problem... Um, but the which, guy who got rid of this bus was like, ha, wait, exactly. Yeah. yeah he, See you later, bus. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he was like, later days. Yeah, and he was using it for like Burning Man and stuff too, so it probably had... There was a a, a live mouse in the battery <laughs> compartment like the very, when Obviously. we first got it. Yeah. Duh. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> Why wouldn't there be a yeah. mouse in there? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the one that we saw. I'm sure I'm <laughs> right? sure there were plenty more. He's like, oh, you think we're all gone? My homies are dead in there. And they are having, they are running rampant. Yeah. They are having a blast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. There's, this bus is now full of Cheetos. This yeah. Is the, oh, you think you guys have a lot of band members? Wait until you see my homies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I think something's wrong with the engine. It looks like something <laughs> ate through it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we... Uh, that And that very first fix, by the way, it wasn't like a permanent solution either. It was like we had to, we once we found out where this leak was coming, it was like, oh, we'll put a pan underneath it, catch all the fluid, refill every 30 miles or whatever all the way to Oregon. Until Sounds we could, like a very solid yeah, plan. In the middle of winter. Uh-huh. And we also didn't know that we didn't have heat in our bus until, uh, until we had left. Right. Because we didn't. You know, what's... I mean, nobody decided to, like... Okay, okay. Uh, Something's got to... I'm not judging. Yeah, Yeah. you were very pumped. Yeah. Yeah. So the first... Electricity in the air. Yeah, exactly. So the first tour, like, we don't actually leave until 10 p.m. (laughs) And we don't get into my parents' place. It's normally a... You know, like a seven-hour drive in yeah. a car. Oh, yeah, I've driven it. Yeah. My sister lives in Portland. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So we get in at, like, 7 a.m. Yeah. And so, of course, 
and it's like then it's we're just gonna be you know you get in have what well, breakfast it was supposed to be dinner but whatever we'll have that for breakfast now right. sleep for a few hours and then, oh yeah we gotta go play a show now right um so that was how the whole tour started then after that show in bend we were going to um i don't remember the exact order but i know we were playing portland and eugene so at some point we're crossing the cascades in the middle of winter, none of us having driven a bus before. And when you drive vehicles like that, you can't use the brakes the way you would in a car. Right. Because the, uh, the wheels will just catch fire and, you know, it, right. it's a whole other thing. So, so but just P.S., I just want to, just real quick, I just, you know, I, I love the traction of the story. I do have some quick questions. Okay. Number one, was anyone mechanically inclined before this started? Like, was anyone, had anyone ever, let's say, changed a tire, worked on a carburetor, worked on a fuel pump? <laughs> yeah, we had, we, we were definitely, like, in normal cars, we uh, we had a couple guys who had, you know, people were adept at uh, fixing up. Cars. Or being able to, like, diagnostically say, like, this is what's going on, at least. Yeah, or at least know, like, I don't know what the problem is, but this thing is fucked up. Is like, I don't know what's wrong with that giant hole in that pump. That yeah, that might be... I don't think that was there before. <laughs> that might be a small bit of a problem. Yeah. Okay, question number two, because you're throwing out a lot of fast facts about a bus. Yes, you're uh, like, uh-huh. did you know you can't use the brakes like a traditional car? How did we find that out? Did, did, the, did this result in trial and error? Or was someone like, just FYI, you guys, I know we're all jazz, but I did some light Googling last night. Turns <laughs> out, got to be super careful on the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fortunately, the guy that we bought it from, when he gave us the full, ru- well, can't say the full rundown because he <laughs> no, forgot well, to mention like the heat and that sort of stuff. And the mouse. And the mouse. And, <laughs> right. And the leaks and... Uh, <laughs> small all, things. Know, very just, small things. Just very small things. Right. Needing a new alternator, all that right. stuff. But he did tell us. He's like, because we, we bought it in Sacramento. <laughs> I like so- that. He was like... In my brain, I see him getting really serious and being like, okay, but seriously, no matter what you do, you've got to make sure you do not slam on the brakes, okay? It is not a regular vehicle. Like, I can see the intensity in my brain. I hope it played out that way. <laughs> yeah, I think it, well, it was It was like uh, it was like gremlins where they're like, whatever. the most important rule, don't feed them after midnight. He was like, whatever you do, you know, where then like they learn later on the movie, oh, we also can't do all of these right, things. Right, 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 right. Can't so, get away, can't, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, you know, a lot of it, like, just like life, a lot of it, you got to learn as you go. Right. Um, but a bus is a big learning lesson. It's a big learning lesson. But yeah. at least he told us, yeah. he's like, the one, the most important rule, <laughs> don't hit the brake, you know, like, you don't ride the brakes. You got to use the transmission. Um so to that, slow you down. To and slow get, you down, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So we got a little practice driving the bus back from Sacramento to Reno, um, cause we bought the bus and it was like, and I, it was probably maybe just a few weeks or a month before we were going on our, I'm barking on our first ever tour. Right. Um, so we actually got like a, at least a little bit of practice doing that, uh, driving over, you know, on 80 back through the mountains. Right, right, right. But 80 is also not the Cascades. Like those are, that's a whole different level of mountain range. Very different mm-hmm. and can be pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I remember that first going do you have any more follow-up questions no, not so far i'll let you know i'll please let you do, know yeah yeah, yeah interject no anytime because no problem this is all normal to me <laughs> right so. right right this sounds normal to you yeah i gotta level with you doesn't sound normal to the rest of us but continue on with your story yeah this is what every again every band that you love like if they're they've they're they become successful not only the things we mentioned before like the hard work and they're talented right. also because they just didn't die they just did not. Yeah. Yeah, a that lot, sounds like a lot, a lot of, of this was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot yeah. do. A lot of them do. A lot, a lot of them, do. A lot of them are yes. out there, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we're going over the Cascades. It's, of course, 
the middle of the night because we had to go. We had played the show that following night in Bend. Right. And of course, you don't get done playing until midnight. Um, and you don't get done drinking until after that. <laughs> I don't know, until my eyes start to get sleepy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we had to head to, again, I forget exactly if it was, you know, Eugene or Portland the next day. Right. Um, but when we are doing that pass, uh, it's the middle of the night, it's a snowstorm, and we know that we can't use the brakes, and we're using the transmission, and you hear, it's just like a horror movie where... We're like, hey, man, you should go slower. And they're like, I can't go. Like, everyone's yelling at each other. Everyone's freaking out. Um, I want to know who was brave enough to drive. I think, I want to say Pete might have been driving that portion. We usually made Ben, our old drummer, drive throughout the middle of the night. One, because we had been playing shows and, like, drinking. And um, also because he was the one of us that, like, he listened to totally different music. And we're like, fine, you can play whatever music you want when we're all sleeping. And you can drive. Yeah. Um, he was like, oh, okay, so in order to listen to just, like, a small amount, like, no one suggested, he wasn't like, you know what I could do is just purchase some headphones. Instead, you were like, okay, whatever, fucker. If you want to listen to your bullshit fucking music, you do you, but here's the drawback. You got to drive during a snowstorm on a bus you've never driven before, and by the way, don't ride the brakes. Yeah, like, what? exactly. Yeah. I would have just got headphones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's just me, you know? Yeah. When we had, we also had, like, the old, you remember those old school, like, the shitty intercom speakers? Oh, like, yeah. When you're on the bus? It was that. So, like, we never upgraded. Sometimes we, we would have Bluetooth speakers, but, of course, we never had batteries or hey, plug-in. Hey, in. Adam. Hey, yeah. Adam. I think we all assumed you didn't upgrade. Oh, okay. Okay, I think we all assumed uh, that. Well, hold on. But I did talk about us, how we decked out the bus. Like, we had... Because okay. we made some we made some arrangements even after we got it. Like, we built okay. something. Like, this bus, aesthetically, right. was, like, the dopest bus right. ever. Just engine and everything else Yeah, once you find out, you know, it doesn't have heat. Right, small detail. Real, real small. And by the way, so I also want to, because I really want to, I want our listeners to picture this with me. Did you have chains? Because obviously you can't use regular chains. You've got to use giant tire chains. We did have giant tire chains and we did have to use them a couple times. Okay. Uh, So we we did get, um, we we, we did get used to that. Um, Also, you know, uh, because we were playing shows in the Northwest in the middle of winter. Right, right. Every single time. It was really stupid. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, so we did get, and let me tell you something, like, I don't, like, putting on tires when you're cold and it's snowing on a regular car is one thing, but on a, it's, I mean, it's not like a quick, easy process on a bus. Oh, no, I would assume mm-hmm. you guys would have to, like, tag team. I would assume, truly, that it would be very, like, I cannot believe you guys hung in there this long, because how long did you have the bus for? We had the bus for, uh, it must have been, like, four years Oh, or that bitch like that. would have went, that bitch would have been gone the first time it broke down on Plum. Like, I would have been like, listen, get this bitch on Craigslist, and let's get us a van. I'm at, oh, yeah. We're not playing this bullshit. I like that you guys hung in there for four fucking years. Oh, yeah, and it broke down a few times, some some of it because it was our fault. So, like, also that first trip, um, how much time do we have on this? Because this, you know, I can... Uh, oh, you're fine. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just captivated that five individuals mm-hmm. said, you know what, year after year, let's get a gas let's this bitch up. Because truly, that means... That you guys never got better at math, so there's like a lot of judgment. We got worse at it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Much worse. well, because you kept running out of gas, which means yeah. somebody either was like didn't take a quick class. Nobody was carrying the one. Somebody could have just like got a calculator. Nope. Okay, you could have even got the gas gauge fixed. Yeah, we could have gone to pick and pull and fixed it. <laughs> but who has time for that? <laughs> um, right, because you're doing a tour in the winter. 
uh, go on. I, 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 I'm sorry, I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, because there's more. This this whole tour, like, I don't know why after this tour we weren't like, you know what? Maybe being in a band is the worst idea of all time. <laughs> we finally got up to Seattle. Um, so we played a few shows in northern Washington. Yeah. And uh, finally get up to Seattle. We were staying with um, a friend's sister she was going to school up there and had like a house in the suburbs and was like oh we have a spot for you You can totally park the bus here right rad um but of course we're driving in the middle of the night and getting in at like 2 a.m because we can never not only is it hard to time things out but when you're in a bus and you realize oh we can only go 40 miles an hour right it's not like you guys can be like oh shit we got to make up time let's cruise it you yeah. can't it's a no there's bus. no such right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, right and so we pull in, it's like 2 a.m., and we assume, like, so there's a, they have a sizable driveway. So we assume, oh, that's where she wanted us to pull into. They also had a giant, like, rock wall surrounding their, like, front <laughs> lawn that was just short enough, but also just high enough so that we could get, we could take a turn too sharp, get one wheel over, drop down to where we're totally stuck. Like, it's hard to describe, I guess, but you can see, so we have the wheel over and then the bottom of the bus is now scraping on this rock wall <laughs> and we can't go forward or backwards because, like, the wheels aren't... Right, like, they're, not, they're not touching anything, so yeah. they can't get any traction. And, again, 2 a.m., we're, like, yelling at each other now because we're all freaked out, we're tired, neighbors are coming out of their houses... Oh, I'm sure. ...wondering what the hell's going on. Why is there a giant fucking bus in the driveway? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so teetering we, on a rock wall. Teetering on a rock wall, right. yeah. So a I think, lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. <laughs> I think after we were able to, like, chisel the rock wall down enough so that we could, like, move the bus, kind of get off of it and park. Um, of course, the next morning when um, our friend's sister comes out, she's like, why did you guys park there? Because uh, we realized, like, oh, there was a whole, like, they had this whole, like, grassy like side yard that was like a perfect, perfect she was like this is what i meant like of course you know again we didn't know right um yeah so this was this was when i think we started realizing maybe the bus isn't the like Best smartest idea choice. looks cool though yeah oh i'm um, sure it looked really cool yeah uh i the touring thing has always fascinated me um and i asked that question earlier about the dating because i had dated a guy and that's how i'd met him i'd met him he was on tour and um, he was a med student at the time, and he would go, you know, back to school when mm -hmm. he had. He'd fly back, and then he'd fly back and meet the band. Wow! And they would go on. They would continue the tour. And I remember him. He would call. He would just call me, and he'd be like, "I'd be like, where are you calling me from?" He'd be like, "Oh, at a, I'm using a payphone." And I'd be like, "Why are the fuck are you using a payphone? You have a cell phone?" He was like, "No, there's no reception out here. I'm so cold. They're so annoying. Mm -hmm. I cannot talk to any of them. Not for one more fucking minute." We're taking turns sleeping in the bed, like just anger in his voice. And I was just like, why are you doing this to yourself? And he, and then I would always remember in his voice, be like, oh, because I mean, obviously, like, I love the music and I love these guys. And I was just like, this is insane. Yeah. No, no. It's, you're Sir, not... you're using a pay, pay phone that I'm pretty sure someone just got a blowjob in about 20 minutes before <laughs> you got there. Like, I'm, and I'm also going to go ahead and now go on a limb and say you didn't clean off the fucking headset before you called me. And also, where did you find the change? Like, that was right at the time when they started kind of slowly getting rid of uh -huh. pay phones. Oh, yeah. And he was just like, there's no reception and it's fucking freezing mm -hmm. and I'm so tired and I'm so cranky. And I was just like, why don't you just fly home? And he was like, well, no, because I love... Like, I love playing the bongos, and I love my band, and I Playing love the bongos? Band. Wait, that's not... I mean, good for him, but... No, I, I'm sorry. You know what? I take that back. It was not the bongos. Let me use the official, because, oh, he would just really... He was one of those. He would yeah. really always, always correct me. It was the tabla drum. 
Oh. He played the tabla drum. Uh-huh. Okay. And apparently it's a very unique uh, skill set. So he would tour with like three different bands I'm guessing all these, of the time. I'm guessing these weren't punk bands. Uh, <laughs> nail on the head. How did you know? <laughs> nail on the head. Right. Yeah, and I was just like, is this a really big thing? Like, who needs, who's like, you know what we need is a tabla drum. Who do we know? Who do we know? Who do we know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a really niche Instrument to play. Didn't yeah. play any other instruments. Huh, okay. Did not play another instrument. That's like the tambourine player touring with the band. <laughs> where, you know, where they're like, look, if we have to sell anyone for food, it's going to be this guy. <laughs> and it's the cheapest. Yeah. It's the cheapest instrument. I mean, really, if you think about it. Yeah. And I mean, it's the most fun thing to play as oh, well. Yeah. You can hit it off all sorts of body parts. I mean, it is. Whew, I can't yeah. remember what band it is, but they have an actual oh, tambourine there's, player. There's plenty of them, yeah. Yeah, and that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching some bands being like, is this your whole gig? Is yeah. this it? Just you and the tambourine the whole time? Yeah. You don't sing, you don't do a jig, just in the background, grooving and moving. Just, I like it. Just imagine how sad they get when like the arthritis <laughs> kicks in. Like, I can't play the tambourine. Uh, yeah, or, or, or any sort of carpal tunnel. I <laughs> yeah, mean, that's got to end a career. Yeah. That has to end an entire career. I think it's interesting that... You guys toured for, because how many years have you, how long into the 10 years did you guys like tour, start, start touring? touring. Yeah. Uh, it was probably two, two or three years in, um, you know, I think we had released a record and then played around a little bit and then you realize yeah. like some point you got to just, you got to go out and you got to try it. Yeah. Um, Which must've been so scary. Yeah, it was, especially because we had had a few, like we originally wanted to do this super ambitious full cross country tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, like, booking, and of course, you know, like, you don't have, at this point, like, we didn't have any management. No one was doing this for us. So we're calling venues, emailing. You're booking on your own. Right. And so the first tour that we tried to set up, it was just too much. And we realized, like, we're going to, we're going to starve to death. We don't have enough money. We're not going to make money, you know. And you also learn once you do tour, like, oh, there are some shows where you don't make money. Like, you know, you have to hope when you're a new band. And this is why this is my probably my favorite part about playing music and touring is you do build really great relationships because right. when you find bands that do a really good job of like hosting and that's what, let's say like you find a band and they're, you know, they let you play on their, their bill, you know, in their hometown right. and there's a bunch of people and after, you know, that come to the show and they actually like hook you up and make sure you have places to sleep and they you know, pay you in accordance to like, so there's kind of a, um, you know, like this unwritten rule, I guess. Like when, if we're hosting a band, like if a band's coming from Seattle or LA and we're playing a show in Reno, um, one, we're going to tell them like, look, we're going to, we'll do all the, you know, we'll set up the show. Right. Right. You know, people know us, we can get a good show. And then we would, um, make sure that they get like, a much bigger portion, if not all of the money, because they're the ones spending gas. They came up here and you, you know, like we also like you do with Reno, like we take pride. We want people when people come here to play, we want them to have the best experience. And you want them to come back. Exactly. Yeah. And you want and you, and you also want them to succeed. It's really very similar in the comedy world. And I remember watching a few interviews with a couple of comedians and one comedian in particular who was recently just telling a story about how he had got burned in a very similar aspect where, you know, it was kind of this unwritten rule that if you're the one that's going and someone else is hosting that like, 
you will take care of them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this dude fucking stiffed me. And he goes, 20 years later, I never fuck. He goes, I never fucking forgot. And I'm like, yeah, because it is a small world. Podcasting, small mm-hmm. world. You know, being in a band, small world. Yeah. You you think it's this big world. It really, truly mm-hmm. is not. And you really have to be very gracious and be very kind. When we first started our podcast um, in Reno, there really wasn't a lot of podcasts at the time. Mm-hmm. I think when we first started, there were maybe two. I think there were maybe two other podcasts, and one of those podcasts was like a sports podcast. Mm. Well, the very our very first go round, I had a gentleman come to me, and he owned a, um, like what do they call it? Kind of like art dogs, but specifically he had made this bong that was very unique. Okay, and it was like a fucking hit, right? It was like gang gang, like everybody wanted one, and so he wanted to advertise with us. So we went to lunch, and we met, and I really liked him. He really liked me. I was like, this will be a great relationship. And I got a call one day, and it was from uh, this other gentleman, and he had just started a podcast. He explained to me that he just started a podcast. And at that point, I think we were maybe like, I don't know, eight months in, which doesn't sound like a lot of time, but when you're podcasting, it really is because Mm -hmm. you're releasing something every single week. Every single week, there's something being released. You're doing a lot of other content-driven things. So he reached out to me, and he was just like, you know, uh, did this guy reach out to you for advertising? And I said, yes, he did. And he was like, it was a super normal conversation, like nothing that would have like triggered me. And about two weeks later, I get a call from a friend who's like, hey, there's this new podcast out. And they did an entire episode where they just bashed us. And I mean, went to fucking town. Like, these might as well be a bunch of women in the fucking kitchen during Thanksgiving, just gah, 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 gah. And I remember I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because, one, Reno is very small. Mm-hmm. Reno sparks Carson City, Virginia City. Listen, we can say all the other names that we want, but let's be realistic. It, it, we are one community. Mm-hmm. It is very fucking small. I yell from here. You can hear me in Carson City, okay? <laughs> and I could not believe, and I'm not, I'm not joking, an entire one-hour episode bashing us. And then they would start to talk about someone else or something else, and they would be talking about another podcast, and they would be like, and these guys are amazing. And blah, 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 blah. And then he'd go, right, it was a great, like, it was a great break from having to listen to the voices of these women, and I could Whoa. not believe it. And that was it. I was just like, oh, this motherfucker does not know. Like, I am not the one. I have right. all the words. I've got a thesaurus and a dictionary. <laughs> Unlike you, Adam, I can do long division. <laughs> This shit's about to get deep. And I remember thinking, no, I'm not going to deep down, stoop down to their levels. I talked to the girls. I was just like, we're going to keep it real. A-okay. We're going to move on. We're going to act as if this didn't happen because we have one thing that they don't have. Talent. And when you are secure, I don't need to argue with me about my talent. Mm. You can have your opinion. You can feel the way you want to feel, but just know that's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And sure enough... Once word kind of got around, nobody would do the show. Nobody was, you know, people that had been loyal to us because all of us are homegrown here. We're like, no, we're not going to do the show. We don't support that. We we mutually support everybody with their craft and their and whatever their creative outlet is. We don't be banging with that shit. So it is nice to hear that when bands work with you guys, that you guys do do that because it really does reflect Reno and, and we want to be proud of our city. And we do want, we want all sorts of, 
of different creative outlets to come here. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be snapping fingers for poems, and I want, <laughs> you know, other podcasts and mm-hmm. other bands, and I want everyone who's here to do well. There's enough room for everybody to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that, like, you guys have never, thankfully, and you guys learned, I'm sure, through touring okay, this is what we don't do. But have you guys ever been, like, bad buzz? Oh, yeah. we've. I mean, look, every... <laughs> when you're young and you're cocky and... Yeah. Uh, I know I've certainly been guilty of it. Yeah, we've absolutely... And I'll say we've definitely... Not so much, like, when, when bands come through to Reno. Um, usually, I mean, we've... I, I, I feel like we've at least, for the most part, always been respectful to them. Even if... Even if they... Like, let's say it's the first time we met and they hit us up. Can we play a show together? Even if they weren't, um, you know, maybe as cordial or whatever. The first time, like, you just, you know, we'll, we'll do our part. Hey, we'll give them a good show. Yeah. But then we know, okay, we're not going to work with them again. Right. Um, and we've definitely done it, like, when we've gone and, and toured. So we, I've made, you know, lifelong friends from bands in other cities that we've toured with. It's like, oh, you're cool. That's you so know, cool. We're all cool. We've hung, we hang out. Um, bands that like if I'm going to Seattle or LA or San Fran I can hit up and ask for a place to stay or right. you know or, or whatever or we can hit up for shows but we've definitely played our fair share uh, with other bands and venues even it's surprising how many venues are just awful to um, to other to any artist um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's know, a bummer to me yeah. too yeah and people would be stunned you would yeah. think because it's a mutually beneficial thing mm-hmm. that they would just be like open to it and they would just be like absolutely get in here right because you're thinking long game if I open my venue to you regardless people are going to oh every time I come to this venue it's a great show mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do it and people don't realize that yeah. venues can be real pieces of shit we have gotten into like yelling arguments with promoters or a lot of times the promoters aren't even there but with like the sound guy who you know when we go to collect like the hardest thing i think about being in a band is you know you do have to think it just like the podcast like it's it's a business right so it's a business it's something you love but if you don't treat it like a business you can never be successful at ever it. and part of being in a business and i'm terrible at this thankfully some of the other guys are a lot better but part of being in a business is when it's time to get paid you got to get paid. I'm going to need my money. Uh-huh. And so when you play, you know, I won't I won't call it like specific venues or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we've definitely had more than one, and certain cities tend to be worse at this than others, where, again, most, like the bands that we, um, you know, that we are still friends with, that we trade shows with all the time, are the ones where like we play a show there. Even if they hadn't met us the first time, they're like, hey, thanks for coming. You guys are cool. Here's Here's the cut of the door. You know, sometimes like they might take a little, but a lot of times it's here's the cut of the door. You guys need a place to crash. Do you guys need food? Whatever it is, let us know. Right. But sometimes you play a venue and, you know, we'll play like there have been shows where just because of friends we've had in other cities, we will get more people to the show than like the host bands. Right. And you show up and you find out and they're like, well, we didn't really promote this because we have a we have a big show next week. You're like, oh, cool. Thanks. So no one you didn't bring anyone out. And then it comes time to get paid and the venue, like, you know, they would split the pay or they'd give it to that band and the band would split the pay. And it's like, hey, we spent all the gas money to get here. Like, we're, you know, this is your hometown. Like, you rolled out of bed. Yeah. You rolled out of bed. Like, you stopped at Sears first. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. I can't, like, unless, unless a band came into Reno and were just like straight dicks to us. I can't imagine a situation where we wouldn't, uh, wouldn't at least be like, you guys take the money, enjoy the rest of your tour. Like, because... Especially any band, any band who has toured, 
Yeah. Or anyone who has toured with their craft, like knows how, again, how hard it is that, you know, you're, you're not touring in private jets and, you know, you're not no. touring in these, no these one's massive, Beyonce. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You're most like most every band that I've ever talked to at some point during, you know, any tour, like they've had, you've had vans break down. It's always in the winter or it's right, always the middle right, of summer right. um, or the middle of nowhere. Like you've, you know, everyone's had these bad stories and going through it, you're like, well, we know how bad that sucks. Like we don't want other people, again, you want people to have a good experience. So when we go somewhere, you know, and like, there's a lot of shows that we've played where, you know, especially the hard thing with touring is if you go for a couple of weeks, you might have to play a show on a Sunday or Monday night when people just don't go out anyway. Right. So sometimes, you know, you play a show and there's four people there. There's like, there's no one there. There's no one there. Right. And sometimes the venues, like the really cool venues, you know, they like, now we at least know this is why it's important. Like you always get a, if you can, you know, you always get a guarantee. Right. And if the only time we wouldn't ask for a guarantee is if like we're playing with a band that we know, all right, there's going to be people there. We're going to get taken care of. Right. But the first couple tours you do, you don't really know how to, and you don't have much negotiating power because they're like, look, nobody here knows you. So you take what you can get. So we've definitely played those shows before where they're like, here's 30 bucks. And you're like, there's five of us. Like we have to pay for food and gas. <laughs> We're, and and we're not great with math. Yeah, we yes. don't even know how to divide this thirty dollars up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I I mean it's it is pretty intense. I I don't know. I guess I'm like a good vibes kind of person in the sense that I naively assume that people will do the best, will do their best, you know. And I know obviously that's not true. I mean, I work in an industry where it can be very cutthroat. No one really can give a fuck sometimes, and that's always a tough thing to kind of settle on. But it's amazing to me how much people will shoot themselves in the foot and you're like, okay, like you're just by doing that one thing, I, if anyone asks me, if another band comes or is going to ask, I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Because I, I don't also want them to get bad buzz and I also don't want them to get burned. And I would also like for them to eat because I know what it feels like to be starving uh-huh. in the winter time, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's insane to me that a lot of these venues will do this knowing, knowing that a lot of you guys are on the same circuit yeah. and really not give a fuck. Yeah, you know, and and it, it's worse when, you know, when you play a show, if like the promoter, the person that you've been working with the whole time, you're like, oh, let me just talk to Gary. He'll fix it. And they're like, Gary's not here. Like, Gary's out of town. You're like, Gary just got married. He's not, a- Gary who? And you're like, fuck, <laughs> god damn it. Yeah. Where is Gary oh, at? Gary's always ruining it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so a lot of times... And, you know, especially, like, let's say it's a Sunday night and it's cold and whoever the sound guy is, like, that guy doesn't want to be there. Um, You know, a lot of times, like, sometimes the other bands don't want to be there. You don't really even want to be there, but you, you know, you have this obligation and you play in front of, like, these four people and just know, like, we're going to get, yeah, we're going to get 30 bucks out of this. And then, of course, you just, you just know, okay, well, we're never playing here again. We're not calling these guys again. Right. Um, And Gary's shitty. Very shitty, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I will say, so the friends that I have who own, you know, bars or venues in this town, the ones who are good at it and who understand it, like Pete, knows that, like, you know what? It's better to take take a loss for the night, make this band feel really great. Right. Because not only are they going to come back, their friends are going to come back. Correct. And, and, and that's how you build up, you know, and, and what we've, the cool thing 
that we've seen, especially on a local level, is like we've played, we'll play with a band, let's say, I keep using Seattle because that's like one of our favorite places to play. Well, and they have such a great music scene. They have a great they music have a scene. really great music scene. Really great music scene. Yeah. Lots of great venues, amazing bands. And those bands have been like the kindest to us. We've had yeah. some of the best adventures. So when they come, even if it's not them, sometimes our friends up there, hey, we have a, a friend of ours band, you know, is, is coming through. They want to play Reno. Can you hook them up? Absolutely. Because we trust you guys and we know you're going to, like, whoever you're telling us is coming, we know they're going to be good. We know they're going to be cool. They're going to get it. Right. And so, you know, when they play venues in, in town with, you know, that are run by, again, people who get it. Right. They know that, like, even if you take, I mean, one, luckily in Reno, um, even if you... Like, you know that if you have people out, we're going to drink a lot. So you're going to make right. your money back that way. Um, and a lot of other places, I don't think... The, the the venues here and elsewhere that don't seem to really get that are the ones where it's like, dude, if you even if you let people in, even if you say there's a cover and you end up letting people in for free, they're going to spend all that money on booze. Th- that's what I don't think that. a lot of them understand. And I remember right before the pandemic, we were setting up our tour, and for, starting in here in Reno, and it was, like, really tough to drive that home. Like, you're a bar. So there's alcohol. And I can guarantee I'm going to drink enough. And I'm not a lightweight to help cover <laughs> yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it is mutually beneficial. And you have to remember that our show might be an hour. Our show might be two hours. But most people, when it's cold out, mm-hmm. are not going to want to leave. Yeah. Once they're in that bar, I mean, I remember being 20. And yes, I would be like, peace out, like we're on to the next. Mm-hmm. But once you're a grown adult with a little bit of common sense... You're like, bitch, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm not trying to throw on my down jacket. Like, next time I leave, it's to go home. Yeah, exactly. So you're once you're at a place like The Loving Cup and mm-hmm. you're there and you're dialed in, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You're going to hang out there the entire time. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good time, nine times out of ten, regardless if the music or whatever it is who is there, whatever they're doing, you are more apt to go back and mm-hmm. check it out oh, because yeah. the last time that you went, you had a fucking blast. Oh, yeah. And you know that, um, you know, that, like places like that, like the Loving Cup, get a reputation of, oh, there's a band there tonight. I don't know who they are, but I know they're going to be good. Right. Um, and and we're going to have, and regardless, though, yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. And we, that's one of the things that, like, it's always so frustrating, especially when, when we've played shows on the road. Um, and sometimes you just get stuck where you're playing a show and you're, like, it's always tough when you've, you're going to a new city and you're the headlining act, let's say. Right. Because, like, when we've toured, there are some cities where we do now have a pretty good draw, but in a lot of places, people don't know us. Right. So you're hoping that the other bands will bring in, even even still, you're hoping the local bands will bring people out. But there are so many times where we'll be in a bar, and let's say there's a, there's a 10 or $15 charge for the show. Right. And there's hardly anyone in there, but you're on a busy street, and you're like, you know, if, like... You're not making the the venue's not making any money by not having people there. Right. So like we get that yes, you want to charge the cover so that money can just go to the band, but it's like, you know what? And also we don't want to play empty shows anyway. That's the thing too, because again, okay, so twenty people are in there and the cover charge is twenty dollars. We're not making any money. But if we allow people to come into the show for free, we have other ways other streams that we could potentially, right? Yeah. You have merchandise, you have CDs, mm-hmm, you have absolutely. other things, and and it's also getting your name out there. So yeah, it may not be the best ideal situation, but it's 
still a good, mutually beneficial situation. Yeah. Like, and it's better for your business because you get people in who are going to yeah. buy drinks or buy food or whatever, you know, whatever it is. So, and we've had, we've had plenty of places that are just amazing and get it. And yeah. other artists that we were like, most, most of them are that way. Most of them, you know, are appreciative that bands, that people do that, that people go on the road and do all these stupid things so they can go, you know, play these different cities. Most places get it and they want to help you out. Um, But of course, you know, you're going to run into situations where you're like, all right, well, we're not going to play this place again. Yeah, we're just not doing this again. And and there are a lot of places that you play that are super helpful and great and you're still like, well, we're not going to play it again because the sound sucked or... Whatever um, it was. Yeah, whatever it was. Whatever the case is. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, so there's, yeah, touring is a whole, it's a whole animal. Yeah, it's a whole other animal. And I, it, it is interesting. I mean, I know you have shit to do today. But I one last thing I did want to talk to you about was, because I always, for me personally, the pandemic really didn't affect anything other than us being able to go and do live shows. For you guys, it 100% affects your ability, one, to make uh, income. Uh, two, to go and have people listen to any maybe new music, old music, whatever it is. Obviously, you guys can all still get together and play. Obviously, I'm sure you guys did. But being five different individuals, was it across the board hard? Or did some of you struggle with it? Obviously, I wouldn't ask you to name anyone's names or get <laughs> too in-depth. But was it across the board kind of like, we're going to get through this, this will be fine, we're just going to we're gonna act like this is like back in the olden days or was it very difficult to go from like doing this being out there being on stage and then you're like okay well what's on instagram <laughs> yeah it uh no it was crazy difficult i mean yeah the hardest because for the first couple months you know when things were things were really scary yeah um, and they're starting to get scary again right um, but before we knew really anything about the virus and we were being told all this different information right. about what you're supposed to do, you know, we weren't in, we were trying not to get together in, you know, in groups at all. Like, I mean, like most people, you know, you're seeing one or two other people just right. to try to keep your sanity. Right. So you so, don't go nuts. And you uh-huh. live alone. Yeah, I live alone. Yeah. That was tough. And even like working from home where... The first few weeks was a nightmare. You know, I'm sitting on my computer on my couch, and then it's works over. You shut your computer. It's like, oh, I guess I'll well, just stay. Well, you don't move anywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, right. It was right. it was miserable. Um, and I, one of the things I'm grateful that I'm actually glad, excuse me, living living in Reno compared to you know my friends who live in really big cities, right? Where they like could not leave their apartment unless it was to go get groceries, right? Here, like we can go outside. We went on bike rides. I went, you know, we thank found, God, thank God, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we were, you know, when you are a creative person and when that creativity means you're with other people, it was hard to not even get together and practice. Right. You know? Like we, for the first couple months, it's like, are we even allowed to, we have our own studio um, that's got, you know, we can control who's in and out of there. We were like, are we even allowed to get to, is it safe just is it for even us safe friends. for us to get together? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you know, you realize like, okay, well, we've got, you know, wear the masks and we'll clean things off. Um, and that's when we kind of talked about, you know what, we, we had a show and we had a couple shows that got, got canceled as every band did. And we're like, at least we can, you know, we've, we've got this beautiful studio that's designed for recording. Very beautiful studio. Yeah. It's a really rad studio. Yeah. Um, 
when it's when it's clean. So we make, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you. Let's just. I mean, can... I did hear the stories about the bus. So again, I was gonna go ahead and when I went out on the limb, yeah, and, I was naturally assumed. Yeah, and this is a studio we share with like five bands. So imagine, oh, gotcha. Take five guys. Again, you're the math person here. Take five guys, multiply it by five bands. <laughs> right, right, right. Thousands of people were talking. Right. Okay. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Uh, no, we, we do a pretty good job trying to keep it clean, but we also have a lot of just excess stuff there. Um, but we said, you know what? Like, let's take this opportunity to work on... Good, yeah. We, we have these songs that we've been working on. Let's record. So yeah. that's what we... So it was kind of a, a blessing in, in that sense. And that normally, because getting ready, like playing shows and recording, they're two entirely different right. animals. You know, you, you go about them different ways. Um, and so with you know so normally like we've tried before to record when we've had shows going on and we've been busy and it's it's hard because again we're working and you've got you know three of us are married and we've got other stuff going on so when all the shows were stopped it's like you know we need to play music for our sanity let's really hone in let's write let's get these songs finished right let's record them because it's the perfect we have nothing else it's perfect know, opportunity perfect opportunity really it is um, yeah so that's when Unfortunately, um, you know, we had the space to do it. We had talented people around us to kind of help us with the process. Yeah. Um, and so we're in the we're putting the finishing touches on it now. That's so cool. I'm yeah. s- I'm sure everyone is really excited. We're very to excited, hear it, yeah. and I'm pretty sure you guys are. I, I'm hoping. I was talking to uh, Bill, and I said, you know, I'm hoping next summer that we will at least be able to get to a place where we can do small like people. We'd be able to do small shows. We may not mm-hmm. be able to do large things but i'm hoping that we'll at least get our act together enough that we'll be able to do small things next summer open things next summer and have people because honestly being i'm sure same as you i'm i'm creative and in order to be creative i have to have that creativity fed Mm -hmm. and so part of having that fed is going and listening to live music is going watching comedians and that was the hardest thing for me because one i didn't I never was stopped going to work. I work in medical. There was no me stopping. Yeah. So there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of, and you're so busy, truly, that you didn't, I didn't really get to absorb a lot of that. But on the creative side, I've noticed that it did for a moment hinder that because I wasn't being fed. It was just like fear, fear, mm-hmm. fear, fear, home. Your <laughs> yeah. husband's home. Your husband's home today. He's home again. Fear. <laughs> Fear, you know, yeah. Lysol, a lot of Lysol, uh, there's yeah. a lot of Lysol going on. And so it was really kind of difficult to be in a creative space. And I kind of had to reevaluate and shift how I started that creativity mm-hmm. buzzing for myself and starting to tap into old things that I haven't done in years in order to get those creative juices flowing. So I'm so glad that you guys were able to kind of get to go, okay, this isn't the end of the world. We're going to stay motivated. We're going to work on this album. Mm-hmm. And like something really beautiful came from it. Are you allowed to tell me the name of the album or no? I am, but we have I have no idea what it is. We haven't oh, okay, talked about it. So okay, fine. Okay. Whatever. You, you tell us the name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no problem. I'll just, in between some other shit I got going on, I'll really workshop some yeah. names. I'll get back to you. Perfect. Um, when do you know, do you guys have an idea of when the album will be coming out? No, so we're like I said, we're we're still we're putting the finishing touches on it. Gotcha. And then we'll um we have some ideas, some people we're gonna work with to do like some artwork for it, things like that. Oh fun. My guess is we'll probably do you know, we'll probably drop like a single, do a press campaign around it. Yeah. Um so it probably won't be just, hey, here's the album. Um, right. Because that's kind of what you have to 
you know, you really do have to promote it. Um, back, we've, we've done, we've worked with marketing companies before and we've worked with press companies and kind of one of the things that we learned, just like a movie or yeah. any, any yeah. some artists get away with it now. Like some big artists can just be like, hey, I just dropped this casually. I'll leave it right but typically, here. Typically, that's just not how it works. Typically, like a movie. I mean, think about, you know, you see a trailer, like, oh, I'm so excited. And it doesn't come out for a year, you know. Right, right. Um, so you have to, because the idea is you want to get people... Once you release something, that's it. There's really no more. Um, that's it. Yeah, it's, that's it's it. done, and you got to start working yeah, on the, the next door, thing. The, yeah, the book is shut. Yes. And once you've paid a marketing agent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, oh, yeah, that's the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start to kind of start to write down some tips and some tricks so you learn. Yeah. Okay, this is the shit we need to do, and here's where we could cut some corners because if not, and you rely on just other people, I mean, it becomes so expensive so it, quickly. And that's the other thing people don't. You know, people don't really get to see that side of it. Like oh, we, not the fun side. No, not the fun side. <laughs> not the and, fun side. And it's unfortunate because, again, in most cases, unless you know people or unless you're extremely lucky, you you know you're paying for. Like we did a, a PR campaign years ago for our last record, and it was with you know the company that we could afford to do the PR with. And so they tell you, they're like, we're going to get it into all these blogs and publications. They go, these are the ones we're going to reach for. You know, no guarantees. And sometimes you might get one, sometimes not. But you know, if you like, if you just have a million bucks laying around, you can become successful. You can do the, who's the, um, is it Megan Trainer? Is she the, uh, maybe not her. I, I might, who's the, uh, uh, the call me maybe person. Who's that? Ugh, I can't think of her name. Yeah. Yes, I Cause know. that was someone, I think it was like her family was super wealthy and they basically just paid a yes. bunch of money. Yep. And so if you have that money laying around, like cool. instant path to success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for most of us, though. We do not have that. We sort do not of, have that sort of money. Yeah, yeah. And and I've talked to other friends I've had, you know, some of the other projects I've, I've worked on where same thing in other bands we know where, you know, you go through the campaign and you spend, you save up, you know, months to here it is. And you're trusting your whole, your life's work you know, with these other with people. With some guy named Brad who you've only known for about 10 minutes. About 10 minutes, And that's, yeah. that can be very scary and it can be, yeah, it can be very terrifying yeah. to do that because, again, it's, and it's 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 different if it's just you. Mm-hmm. But if one of you finds this individual and you're telling the other bandmates, we'll trust, we're going to trust this guy mm-hmm. or this person to do this, that's also a lot because I know there's nights where I've like lost sleep because I'm making a decision for the both of us. Yeah. And if this shit goes left, that's on my back. That's yeah. on my ass. I'm the one who has to step up and go, okay, well, that was my bad. I guess we lost money and I guess we'll just learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it can be... As much as it is so much fun, there's just like so much that mm-hmm. goes into it that people kind of just don't see. Yep. Yeah. And which is which is great. Yeah. You don't want them to. Right. But and it's hard because you do all that sometimes. Like and like I said, we've had we've had some really cool success. Um, we've gotten to play some some awesome shows, festivals, things like that. And every single time, or when you know you do the PR campaign, or we've had a you know we had a song that we were able to get into a like a syndicated TV show, which yeah. is really cool. Um. Oh, what? What syndicated TV well, not, show? I guess it was, uh, I don't even think it's not, sorry, it's not in, it's, um, we were able to get, uh, tell me the show, I promise you all know it. It's, I forget which, it was either, so it was a crossover episode, it was, I think it was, oh, almost, I love a good crossover yeah, episode, Adam. I, I think it was Sleepy Hollow, it was either Ooh. Sleepy Hollow or Bones, it was, I forget, but they did like a Halloween crossover episode, and we, we have a, um, a company that we've worked with, uh, in LA, who they pitch music licensing and yeah. production, 
And we were all excited. You know, they're like, oh, we got your one of your songs from, from the last record onto a show. And of course, so because it was a crossover episode, I remember we told all our family and friends. We're so Obvi. excited. Obvi. So we sit through the first hour, <laughs> yeah, of this of this show. Because it's on Fox, right? This right. is a big deal. Yeah, this is huge. And we sit through like the first hour and we're getting texts. People are like, where is it? The show is I won't I, I don't want bad mouth, but like people are like, I don't know what's going on in this show. Let's just say that right. instead of right, right, right. trash about the show. Right. Like, I've never watched this. I don't know what's going on. You're when like, does it come in? Not the point. Yeah. Just watch and the show. Like, we yeah. have no idea. We have no idea when it's coming. First show ends. Start of the second show opens up, and it's our, our song is playing. We're like, oh this my is god! Amazing. And it's a guy who, if I remember correctly, this guy's like driving down the road. Our song's coming on. He turns it off. Then he like sees a ghost and he crashes his car and dies. That was like it. That. that was. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> And, you know, like... Yeah, but you know what? That's, that's our, still super that's fucking our five cool. Seconds yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still super fucking it cool. It was super cool. And to everyone else, it's like two seconds. Uh-huh. But for you guys, all of the hard work and all yeah. of the pain and all oh, of the all, yeah. buses breaking down uh-huh. and the gas station burritos uh-huh. and the fucking... Just the times where you're just like, why am I doing this shit? Yeah. It's like, just for that five seconds, it's like to be so proud of your little baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. You had to be so proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that came like on the heels of playing a, a really awesome festival. And, and the point was just that like all these things that you do, every single time you think this is going to be the yeah. break. And it's, you realize like, oh, it's, you need, it's like break after break after break, like to get successful, you know, you need tons of those back to back because people, anyone, like everyone can get, you know, can get lucky, can get one little break. Um, You know, lots of bands have played. I mean, you look at, you go to most, look at any major music festival. There's a hundred bands on there. You've never heard of, you'll never hear from again. Um, So anyone can get, you know, can get these opportunities and so we thought to like we um, to, to you know not to drop any. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so we 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 were fortunate to play the uh, the very first Life Is Beautiful festival. Oh in yeah, Vegas. yeah. Uh-huh. We got they were doing a um, they had a local stage. And even though we weren't based in Las Vegas, it turns out one of the guys that I went to high school with was working as part of the crew that was putting it together, and someone else. And this is why it's always a good idea to be when you're talking about like when you're touring and you're on the road to always make sure that you, you know, do represent yourself well, because another guy who was working on this part of the team, putting the festival together had seen us at a show in Vegas years before. And was like, Oh, I remember this band. I want them to come, come play. And, uh, we didn't just get to play. We had to actually like audition for it. Yeah. Which, so we played, um, we got to play this rooftop bar in Vegas, the Commonwealth, uh, it was a couple months before the festival. We didn't even know who was playing the festival at that right. time. Um, I'm sure you're just excited to go in general. Just we, like, we were excited to go. We'd been, yeah. we'd been burned. Like we'd had, we'd played, we played other cool festivals and we played other festivals. You're like, this is not a real legit right, thing. Right. So we were also weary of being burned, but once we, you're we like festival got, was a loose term. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. one obviously wasn't, this became a big deal. Um, and so we got to play this rooftop gig. It was like a battle of the band style thing for a few slots to play the festival. Yeah. And even in spite of the fact that, um, one of our members got arrested that night for peeing in the street. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I didn't get to all the good stuff. Um, in spite of all of that, we were still invited to play the actual festival a couple months later. And so we played in the, the local stage. It was sponsored by Red Bull. So we got to play on like 
it was cool. It was a bus, a tour bus that was converted into, it had like a fold out stage. Yeah, it had Red Bull money. Had Red Bull money. We got oh, like, oh. yeah. Well, I, we didn't get paid Red no, Bull No, I but, know. But I'm still though, to be yeah. able to play, I'm sure uh-huh. you guys had never at that point. No, we had, and we yeah. got like, we met with like a Red Bull representative. Oh, we shit. were under their umbrella for a while. Um, but we got, that was the first time we were tr- like, we, with all the, even for the local bands. Right. We, you know, we're backstage. Like we got passes to see the whole thing, and we hung out with, or like, hung out loosely. Like, we were in line getting grilled cheeses with like the Alabama Shakes, and we got to hang out with some people backstage and shit like that. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, actually, McLovin, the guy who played McLovin, yeah, 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 was yeah, like, yeah. we were like, opening like, dude, that's McLovin, like getting a grilled cheese to people in front of us. This is amazing. Well, this is what got you through the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> this is what got you through. You remember yeah. that one time, McLovin? Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. we shared those yeah. good old days. Um. Yeah. Because I think what was this 2014? I think this was. Um. But we even got even like the local artists. We had like our own cool little backstage area with someone who came in every so often. They're like, here's food and water. Like, can I get you any? Like, they treated yeah. us so well. It was amazing. Um, and we got to play the Red Bull stage. And I remember at one point, the heart, the crazy thing was they only gave you like 30 minutes to play, which as a band to do all this work, all the setup, everything that goes into it, like 30 minutes, it's by the time you get going, it's already over. Okay, so 30 minutes is set up. It's like setup is, is included in that 30 minutes. No, no, no. But I mean like... But like once you finally get traction and get into yeah, the... Yeah, like a normal yeah. show, like anything under an hour, like an hour is like that's the ideal. You're like, that's when it's fun, but it's not too long. It's not too short. Right. You know, but so this is like 30 minutes to make our statement type of thing. <laughs> right. And Pete being Pete, like the best part was, so we have this bus and he is uh, kind of looking around like before the show, he's like, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to try something. Like, I, I don't know what that means, whatever. And I remember we're playing and one, one particular song, I'm looking around, I'm like, I can hear Pete. Like I hear him coming through the monitors. I can't see him. Oh, he was gone. He was, well, he wasn't gone. He was like, I'm looking in the crowd and I see people pointing. He had climbed on top of the bus. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. There's photos. I, I'll see if I can find one. There's a photo of him like singing on top of the bus with like the regional rest, the regional uh, Red Bull like manager, you know, out oh, in the I'm crowd. Oh, I'm sure having a fucking fit. We thought so. He came back to us after. He's like, that was the most fucking rock and roll oh, thing. Oh, really? He oh, loved that's it. so cool. It's, it's Red Bull, right? He, <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, they're like, whatever. It would have yeah. been different if after all that, Pete's like, Red Bull gives you wings and jumps off and dies. <laughs> That maybe not would have been as good. Um, but no, the guy... That would have been fucking epic. I mean, though. although uh, we would have been way more not famous dying, now. Not the dying part. Well, but even like, that. Just like Red yeah. Bull gives you wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah, would have yeah. been way more famous if, you, oh, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Pete, just, you know... Take one for the team. Seriously. I'm sure those young girls in the front will catch you. They seem to have great upper body strength. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> That's amazing. You know, that whole thing happens, and you're riding such as high, and it, you think afterwards, like... That this was it. it. Like, we're with Red Bull. We played this show. This is going to go viral, all this right. shit. And the next day, it's, you know, people are like, cool, thanks Have thanks for coming. Have a good day. See ya. See Take you Take a later. grilled cheese on your way out. Yeah. Right, right. And you oh, really... oh, we're going to need you to leave, though, the crust. Like, yeah, you could you only... Can't. No, no, you can't take the grilled cheese with you. That's McLovin's crust. <laughs> right. He only eats the yeah, crust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And I'm, I'm sure, one, it makes it difficult to come back, obviously, because you're riding that high. But then it must make it to make you work harder because you're like so we know we have it and we know it's there it's just going to be consistency and that's I think is the biggest part is just consistency and it's really great to know that in the interim obviously until your guys' next big break you have this great community here locally Mm -hmm. that supports you guys so much so yeah and the community here like it's it's great basically whenever whatever opportunities you know and now with um 
I'm sure you're familiar with Offbeat, with the Offbeat Music yeah, Festival, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is yeah. like, what, I was so sad to learn when they had to cancel it this year. It normally is in October. Because um, we've, we've been fortunate to, you know, play the last couple of years. It has been, it is like the coolest event in Reno. And they bring in bands from around the world. Yeah. And every, my, I think the most like inspiring and sort of that piece that makes you realize, oh, this all is worth it is every, like last year, you know, so I, I got to play with, I think I played with like, Moondog played, or no, Moondog didn't play it the last year, but I was playing in two additional projects. Moondog played the year before, but each each time that we've done it or that I've, you know, participated, every show you go to, full of people, having a great time. Yeah. Um, the, and every show, so it's like, you know, you go to, you go to, because they had it spread out at different venues around town. And so it's so cool to walk, like you go to one venue to watch a band that's amazing and it's full of people and you go to another, like, okay, I really want to see this band. You go there and it's amazing and full of people. And you have bands that, it's also cool that bands that we've, um, you know, the bands that we've become friends with or that have gotten us on their local festivals, like in Seattle playing uh, the Psychedelic Holiday Freakout or Fisherman's Village, which are two awesome festivals they yeah. do up there. Uh, those bands that we've played with, you know, we introduce them to the people who run Offbeat, and they're like, yep, cool, we're bringing them in. So then they get to play. Yeah. And, and after, and like, to see them come, not only to see, to see the community come together and people be like, this is the coolest event, but then yeah. to see other bands be like, you know, like, we have all this cool shit going on in Seattle, and we're coming to Reno, and like, it's blowing us away. Um, and so I, I am hopeful. I know that like, I know how much work goes into it, um, and how it's basically, I, I don't know why anyone would ever want to do a music festival because you basically just stress out for 11 months and 27 days to and have, you have three days for, of the festival, yeah, three days, which yeah. is also stressful, right. but at least you're like, you're seeing it come together and you're like, okay, it's over. I'm going to rest one day. And then you start the process over right. again of like right. recruiting and all this stuff. Um, they do such an amazing job and it's really that. And, you know, you've got like our town and you've got some of these really cool community events that are starting to realize, you know, like everyone loves live music, but realizing that, you know, rather than like just finding cover bands or finding, um, you know, the, maybe the same bands that have been doing these things for 30 years. Right. Um, and, you know, we're getting to that stage too, that there's so much great talent in the area that like, let's, let's use it at all these as an opportunity to introduce this community to the broader music in our community. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, you, the, you literally nail on the head. And that's the one thing that I know will happen. Like mm-hmm. once we are able to be able to go back and all of us get together and hug and enjoy music, because it really is nothing like being at a live show and experiencing that with other people and you are all there kind of just immersed and just like not really paying you're not paying attention to your phone nothing else matters in those moments mm-hmm. that you're sitting there and you're absorbing it and i know we will get back there so i'm so glad that you guys until then are released still going to release music so that people can have something to hold because that's that's all we need it's like people just need some stuff to hold on to mm-hmm. to get us through and so I'm so thankful that you guys are still working on projects. And you guys are always welcome to come on the podcast. Yeah. Always. Anytime oh, you guys absolutely. are dropping anything. And again, um, next time you come into the studio, just know ahead of time it's going to be a good four hours. <laughs> um, that's just a setup. 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, cancel your day. I yeah. don't know whose manager I got to speak to, <laughs> but just know it's going to be a thing. Well, yeah. hopefully your uh, computer will... Uh, oh, it hates me. I don't know what her fucking problem... She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a real bitch. And I know it's a female, maybe too. It's, maybe it's still... It's the election uh, hangover. Uh, know, well, it is Nevada. her It is her time of the month. So, oh, I mean, this enough. is, like, pretty on brand for her. Mine, too, but I'm still... I was here on time. Uh, <laughs> you really were. So, thank you so much for being so patient. I'm so glad that you came into the studio. And, again, when you guys actually do the release, just let me know, and we'll have you back in. Yeah, we would, we would love to. I'll make sure we come back. We'll... Uh, we can, you know, I'm sure we can debut a song here. Um, oh, do you guys have, I know you guys don't have your website um, back up now, yeah, we're <laughs> but can you drop your Instagram, um, any of your social media that people can follow you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all just at Moondog Matinee. Okay. Um, Instagram, Facebook, you know, slash Moondog Matinee. We're on okay. Spotify. We have our last two records on there. And I will, um, for you guys who are listening, I will link it into the description in the podcast below. And it'll also be on our website, which is thehatejournals.com. Perfect. And yeah, and we can uh, we can throw up our uh, bikini calendar. You know, all of us, all the boys. Uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's going to that's got to be a hot seller. I don't know uh, why you guys aren't just distributing that. And that clearly could be how you just eat. OK, oh, yeah. obviously, that's... what you guys should have done was that's why he jumped on the top of that bus. It was bringing back the good old days of that shantytown bus that you guys had that broke down every five minutes. A lot of things are coming together for me right now. Yeah, there's uh... <laughs> We're we're just reshaping our business model. That's, that's all. That's all you're doing. Well, good. Yeah. You, of course, like I said, you guys are always welcome. Thank you so much, Adam, for yeah, coming in. This was fun. I didn't even get to share all the embarrassing stuff. Oh, so don't worry. I, for... Don't worry. Well, I'll have you back, and you're gonna share much more. We're Please, gonna get yeah. really because now I know you have nothing else to do right now. So I'm gonna really monopolize your time. Get yeah, ready. I have nothing else to do, and I have no shame. So let's, <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you already told us you can't carry the one. So. We know that much. All right, you guys, don't make uh, make sure that you go and check out their Instagram, Facebook. And uh, like I said before, I'll leave a link down below so that you guys can check it out. And we will bring them back into the studio once they release their album and anytime you guys want. Thank you, Adam, so much. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. All right, you guys, I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in for this very special episode. And again, so many thanks goes to Adam Carpenter from the Moondog Matinee Band. They are amazing. If you haven't checked them out before, check them out. You are missing out, honey. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Instagram is at the hate journals. And of course, Twitter is hate journals. And of course, you can go onto our website to see what's new and what's popping, baby at the hate I do want to send out one more shout out. I know, I know I've driven it into the ground, but I really am so thankful to Mike Richardson over at Bay Equity. Butcher boy, make your own momentum. I mean, you guys, none of this project, the Love Thy Neighbor campaign would not have been possible without all of these different entities getting together and helping us out. So I have so much love. The families were so excited and I can't thank everybody enough. Keep sending me all of the good ushy gushy messages about uh, the way that you guys are giving back into the community. It always makes us feel good to know that hopefully we're inspiring someone. We love you guys and AP and I will be back in a few weeks. Until then, we will have another episode of a great podcaster out of California and I will have that episode up next Friday. We love you guys and we'll see you next time. Bye.